Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the GTM News Show. I got Scott here today. Hey Scott. Hey, how's it going? Doing well, doing well. Thanks for jumping on. So Scott um, came across him on LinkedIn like I do a lot of my guests. He was posting some great content around outbound systems, uh, emailing, calling, um, all that fun stuff. So I'd love to jump right in. And before we I hit record, uh, you mentioned uh, we should definitely talk about uh, what folks are not a good fit for when it comes to outbound strategy. So let's start there, Scott. Love to hear your thoughts. Yeah. So I think the root problem here is a lot of startups and early stage companies. If you've been selling off referrals, if you've been selling off inbounds or PLG, you really have only captured a solution aware market. And I think this is actually the problem in general with intent data is like, if you think about how intent data is categorized, it's kind of terrible actually, because it's like, oh, we're, you're interested in this category, right? It's kind of trying to take inbound marketing and put it on outbound. The problem with that is if you, you, you're you going to do typically outbound messages, at least on from an email perspective that are solution focused, you get like a 0.1% conversion rate from email to interest really low. And so you have to do stupidly high volume. You're essentially shotgunning the market, trying to find people with buying content. The, this is compounded because a lot of times those companies, they talk all about their product. And what you need to talk about instead, if you want to hit a larger market is you need to talk about pain and you need to talk about problems. And if you can talk about those two things, and typically for me, the easiest barometer of whether someone's a good fit to do outbound is, do they have like an actual sales process with like a defined discovery process? And do they have um, case studies? If you don't have those two things, you're going to really struggle with outbound because customers are going to look you up and they're like, what does this person do? How do they help someone like me? They're sunk. And then when they actually get on a call with you, you're going to slide into solution pitching and then it just doesn't work. So I think those to me are like, hey, you need these two ingredients. And you can do this as a solo founding team. Don't get me wrong. It's just a lot of small teams have not put those foundations in place. Super interesting, Scott. Thanks for sharing. That's uh, yeah, I, I like that idea. Solution aware. Um, and I'd love to hear more about, so it sounds like from an outbound perspective, if they have case studies, if they have a sales process, um, obviously they have a, a proven track record and then a way to convert those, those low intent uh, leads. Um, is is essential i'd love to hear more about that solution aware so um yeah. can you explain more about that concept because actually i haven't heard about that concept before so you know ever it's just stages of the marketing funnel right pain pain aware oh my back hurts problem where it's like oh i have a herniated disc solution aware i'm considering steroid injections or this kind of surgery like where or i'm i want to get i want i'm looking at chiropractors solution is i've decided what to do with my problem and the problem is by the time someone's solution aware, you've actually caught them late in the buying process. Trigger event selling is amazing on this front. And this is actually why referrals work well, is you're actually building your own, if you, if you build a network of strategic partners, you're building like an intelligence network where people funnel people right as they start going into a buying process into your into you. And so that that's where kind of referrals actually come from in a sense, based on trigger event selling's research. Um, I think the where people I'm trying to put put another way of thinking about it, this is demand creation versus capture, right? Mm -hmm. it, anything that's solution aware, we are this category that is demand capture messaging. 
demand generation, I guess another way to say it is if you're, if you don't have demand generation messaging on your website and your um, outbound content isn't demand generative, like it talks to pain points or problems people have, you're going to fail because someone already has to believe you, someone like you is the solution to their problem versus, hey, did you know that if you have this problem, it can happen because of this and you can do this about it? Love it. That's super cool. Yeah. It reminds me of, um, I think it was Forrester came out with a study that only 5% of your target market is in market at any given time, I think yeah. three to 5%. The rest of it is not looking for a solution. So maybe that kind of ties into like, they're not, there's no demand that you can capture because they don't even know they have a problem or they're not aware of a problem or yeah. it's not acute enough of a problem, all those different types of things. So if I'm hearing you correctly, go in with uh, more of a demand generation, creation, educating the market on a problem that they may not know they have. Yeah. Uh, and you'll get a much higher percentage than that, that 0.1% of just trying to, to cap, to, uh, to basically capture all the demand that's already yeah. in market that people already have, know they have a problem. They're already looking for a problem. And even to your point, they're probably too late to get to that yeah. point. Cause they probably yeah. already asked for a referral or they already looked on Google or they already, um, you know, got to somebody else. Super interesting. I had a funny I'll more about, uh, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I, please. I was just saying, um, I had a funny conversation. I was asking Justin Michael, like, hey, what do you think about buying cycles and intent? And Justin was like, I create buying cycles, right? And I think the heart of good sales <laughs> trainers is they dig, the, especially guys like Justin in, in Top of Funnels, they dig and they're like, hey, other people like you have solved this problem. Other people like you have addressed this. That's you're actually creating demand because you're giving insight in your top. Of I love life. that. That's so cool. He creates buying cycles. That's an awesome, yeah. awesome, uh, uh, marketing and, and slogan. That's super cool. Cool. Awesome. So we, we kind of built a kind of a, a foundation as like folks that are, that are not, um, uh, a good fit. Like if they don't have case studies, they don't have a sales process. Maybe they're going in with a solution aware mindset of like, Hey, how do yeah. I just, get those three to 5% of your market versus uh, going with educating. What else, what other things do you see that are like best fit for folks that are looking to do outbound? Um, yeah, what are some great, great clients that you've had that you've had great success with? Um, what type of clients were they? What kind of mindset, what kind of systems, processes, et cetera? Honestly, part of the reason we're going through the pivot is I am not happy with the revenue creation we've had with a lot of clients. I had I, a, a client I had a few years back had this very strange and interesting offer, which was like, hey, I will ghostwrite a book for you. And and then once we ghostwrite a book, I will make it a number one bestseller on Amazon. And you'll be able to leverage that to get clients to do that. And, and the way it worked is you didn't have to do any writing. You literally just like you did 10 interviews and then uh, a writer wrote the book based on the call transcript. So it's, it's content repurposing. People know about that these days, but, um, that worked very well. We generated quite a, quite a bit of sales, but it, that's also a unique offer. I think one of the reasons I'm pivoting my business model is a lot of the clients we've had have been pretty early stage and don't, don't always have a sales leadership background. So like we would do call audits and I was like, I don't know, I don't know about this. Like. We have one client where even though I'm not personally happy with the email results, they're, they've got like pipeline committed like a month or two in. 
And really what that came from is the sales leader was just so on point, like jumped on the leads, thoughtful responses, good discovery, like very clear next steps. They, they did a very good job at that. And they, and they also had a clear idea of their ICP. <laughs> that works. Then it works really well if you can do that. We're also pivoting with that client to do a lot more AI and, and creative stuff in our outbound just because they're in an e-com niche. So it's that market's just super saturated. The, hey, can you have 15 minutes? That's not a good offer. That doesn't add value in, in, in that market. And those people don't want to buy that way anyway. Interesting. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, it sounds like a good offer, something unique versus, you know, you know, going in with your product differentiated offer that you, you stand out versus a typical, uh, you know, can I have 15 minutes or typical 30 minutes, et cetera. Um, tell me more about your pivot. What, what's, what are you seeing? Yeah. What, what's caused the pivot and, and what are you, what are you moving to? So I started thinking about this at the beginning of the year. A lot of it came just from a lot of conversations with Adam Mandorovic. And if you don't know, Adam has gone into a ton of different businesses with this methodology he, call, he calls closed circuit selling. And the, the idea is basically like, what if I could distill everything that is compelling about a prospect buying into like a very short, concise piece of content, and then look at my best billing clients, uh, find, find the common characteristics, find the segment of people like them that are actually in a buying cycle right now and meet them with that content with permission-based messaging. So in Adam's case, he took a financial services product in like the New Zealand area. They, it was like a 12-figure, or not 12-figure deal, seven-figure deals, 12-month sales cycles. And he was so dialed on his messaging and his targeting, he, he would get seven-figure deals to call closes because he'd find the people exactly in buying cycle and just say, hey, look, um, can I send you this research on XYZ? And then we'll see if it makes sense to continue the conversation. He told me the first time he was doing that, someone actually called him back midway through the buying process and was like, hey, can we go to contract on this? Um, so that's kind of a very extreme example of getting all this stuff right. Um, Adam also was doing some of the stuff phone ready leads and task engines are doing on phone validation. He was doing that like years back where he would call initially with a survey and then call back with an actual offer. Hmm. So that, so that's kind of where it started is I was talking to Adam, talking to Justin, thinking, um, a lot like what, what's the future B2B look like? Like what, what playbook is going to work with the buying process moving online? Um, and then that kind of, I guess I'm calling it like outbound demand generation, which is like the problem with normal demand gen is a lot of times it's focused either on just capturing a lead or if it's more of the refined labs approach, it's like, hey, we're going to educate the market, but there's not really an understanding of like, who's your ICP. So for me, I'm going to look, I'm, my, my approach is to be like, okay, let's find the criteria, the 10 data points that your best billing customers, your favorite customers have in common. Let's get those people that may only be a thousand companies, 500 companies, but let's get those people. And then what outbound demand generation is going to be about is bottom, bottom funnel up, right? And a lot of, I, I hear ABM marketers talking about, Hey, let's, I'm going to work on new bot top of funnel content. I think that's the wrong place to start. I think, Hey, let's start with the bottom of funnel content. Let's figure out why your prospects are buying. First, let's revamp the, the proposals and the sales process and sales collateral. 
re-engage all of our dead leads, see if we can get some closed one. Then let's make sales calls useful again. Let's find some good reason like an audit or some something educational or uncovering a problem or a roadmap, something that is like, hey, I actually want to talk about this. And coincidentally, those pain points that you discover during that call, tee up a proposal, tee up a next step, create a value-added sales call, and then top of funnel, we do things like events, LinkedIn content, white papers. That's kind of the pivot that we're going through. And it's, you know, start from the bottom, give people a reason to take sales calls, and then solve the market's problems at scale. And really all we're doing is we're mapping out the, the steps that our best customers are taking to win. And we're just putting that into, um, into, into content, breaking that up into little pieces, distributing that, all with the goal of in front of my market that's buying and potentially some of the people in the buying cycle, but really the best fit customers, regardless of buying cycle first, and then create a, a like a, an outbound content funnel that gets them closer and closer to buying experience. So it's a little less reliant on the salesperson educating and having business acumen, like you still want that, right? But but you doing more of that, um, you're moving that content focused buying journey the, to social media, to LinkedIn. So it happens before they even talk to reps, but in a targeted way. Very cool. So if I'm hearing correctly, you kind of start with research, like what, you know, bottom of the funnel, what activities, what content, what messaging worked, and even further down, like the customers, like what success worked, case yes, studies, et cetera. Absolutely take all that data, take all that messaging, and then funnel that into first kind of an outbound content approach, which is really interesting. I'd love for you maybe dig, dig a little bit deeper in that. I think yep. most folks that are listening understand taking that content and running ads or, yeah. you know, creating organic content or, you know, doing thought leadership, et cetera. Um, but maybe if you could talk a little bit more about how you distribute that through an outbound approach. Sure. sure. So the, first of all, before we do anything outbound, and I think that the usual problem with outbound agencies is like, it's gonna take 90 days before you start seeing revenue. That's not a good client experience. So what I wanna do is like, hey, first let's get, cause like if you're a new sales rep, what's the first thing you're gonna do? You're gonna call all the closed lost, right? That's the fastest way for you to hit your number. Well, I'm like, well, I'm an, I'm an agency, like I'm not gonna be an outbound agency anymore. I'm just gonna be, I wanna create revenue. Let's start with your closed loss, since if I was a rep, that would be the first thing I do. So we start with bottom of funnel. How can we convert the people that were almost there, but not quite? So we start with that, then, then change the sales and discovery process so it's more valuable to buyers. Now, the, the outbound content side, it would look like one of two things. It's like, hey, Taylor, um, saw you just hired a new CMO. Given the raise, I'm guessing you're trying to do a lot more brand building and lead gen to fuel uh, future sales expansion, right? Um, we've helped uh, brands like X, Y, and Z do this, would love to talk through a few of the latest marketing plays that's making them successful. That's an example of a value-added sales call that you would target to someone with buying intent or triggers, right? So that's, that's an example of value-added, that's an example of kind of, you're still asking for a call, but you're, frame, you're, you're creating value you're, you're, you're crafting the sales experience to serve the buyer and educate the buyer and create value to their situation. So that's one example. The, the other example would be like, um, hey, Taylor, um, no, since, since you're in this, this LinkedIn group, I'm guessing you're interested in demand gen. We're, do, uh, we're hosting a webinar on how you can, or we're hosting a live workshop on how you can um, 
to how you can apply demand gen in a more targeted approach without needing ad spend, right? That's, and then it's like, it's this, do you want an invite? Or, or here's the LinkedIn event. Or even like I tried this campaign actually is, hey, I just posted a guide on it. Can you take a look and let me, give me your feedback on it. Ideally, we're not there yet. Um, uh, ideally, you, you pair uh, custom AI uh, prompts with the value prompt, right? I think my new bar, we're not, we're definitely not there yet. I'm hoping to get there by the end of the year. It's like every message should have some form of custom prompt that ties the prospect's experience to your value prop um, to create some customization. I think that's that's where it goes. So that's those are two examples. Um, and I hope you can see like in prospect in the buying cycle, value added sales call. Otherwise, general problem solving content. Anyone who is in a buying cycle and there aren't triggers or who's about to be in a buying cycle, they're gonna wanna attend that event and then you're gonna capture them. Oh, I love it. Super cool, Scott. Yeah, I, uh, this is actually similar to something I did years ago. Um, I continue to do for my clients and work on, which is kind of like an inbound outbound approach where you're taking a typical like inbound content, like an event, right? Or yeah, some sort yeah. of case study or white paper or whatever, something valuable content that they would enjoy consuming. And you're going in an outbound channel uh, yeah. which is like, I still never see this. It's crazy. I don't, every day I get dozens and dozens of you know, typical, like, Hey, um, you know, we'll book a meeting. I yeah. never get invited to a webinar. I never get invited to some sort of content. And, um, so I think you're, you're definitely on to something. I, and I was super successful, uh, with this kind of concept, even just inviting people to a webinar, cold email, invite them to a webinar, obviously personalize it. And, I, and it sounds like you're trying to get to some AI personalization at the beginning to kind of tie in the content, yeah. um, which is super cool and, and make it personalized and whatnot. Um, love that. Uh, we could probably talk for an hour about that. Cause I think that concept yes. in general of like, how do you, it's just different, right? It's just, you're, yeah. you're coming yeah. out at everyone else is tip, you know, doing the typical let's meet. You're coming out from a very selfless standpoint of just trying to give them content. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like there's two approaches, obviously if they're in a buying cycle or if it's a closed lost or there's yeah. some sort of intent, you go at it more with, um, you know, the case study example, uh, and, and, and book a meeting. If not general awareness, you go at it with inviting them to content, educating them and, and whatnot. Yeah. Super cool. Um, I'd love to hear more about, uh, we have a couple more minutes left here, just about kind of some tactical, um, setups as far as, so outbound in general is so saturated, right? Uh, sure. whether it's cold yeah. calling or email or whatnot, or social selling, I love to hear let's talk about email for example or maybe just in general what are your kind of pillars of what are some things that you have to get right to even get in in somebody's inbox right let right. alone have the message resonate which is kind of what we talked about at the beginning how do you actually get in front of people what are some tools data um best practices loaded question so. sure so that's like it's i it's it's weird to talk about this because i feel like it's kind of been solved it's like so these are, these are basically the options. On email, um, you need email warming, you need subdomains or secondary domains, and um, you need, uh, th those need to be correctly set up. And then you need a tool that supports volume email or inbox rotation. So the stack, the, the options right now, basically that are, I think, really good uh, are instantly, smart lead, um, and Apollo just added up to 15 inboxes per seat. Those are, oh, cool. those are the options on that front on the, um, and then, you know, 
uh, options there are basically buy inboxes with Cloudflare or GoDaddy, and then buy G Suite or uh, Office 365. Make sure to set up, you know, all of those tools have instructions on how to set them up correctly. Um, and then the other option, which we're looking at is warmy.io. Steve Schmidt told me about that. SendGrid and then like uh, subdomain, something like that. I think that's another decent option. That could be a lot simpler. We're gonna experiment with that. Um, so that's kind of the inbox stack. Um, nothing too crazy there, like just set up the tools correctly. The harder part with email actually is you need a really clean lead list. So you need to do some mm. form of lookaliking. If you just, anytime you pull an industry-based list, 30 to 50% inaccurate and you need to have some good automated persona matching. Um, yeah, so I think to me, that's almost the harder part is like, yeah, you know, inbox rotation, all that stuff, like that playbook's pretty well established. Spin tax or AI personalization, I think, you know, you really, the, the last thing I'd say is just like, get a really clean lead list. If you're gonna do phone, my, my short list, get good phone data. Um, best in the class seems to be right bound right now. Lucia, Apollo, Zoom Info's coverage isn't that great, but Lucia and Apollo seem pretty good. Seamless is cost effective. And then from there, it's you either go phone ready leads for the low, 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 low volume. You can go task minions or cloud lead to phone validate. Or if you want to go the volume side of sales finding nooks or like that's the stack, like that's what you do. Um, and there's a few options we're exploring on LinkedIn automation, but like those are, those are kind of the volume options. Um, on the, and then if you want to go low volume, I would phone validate and, um, use lavender with a really good lead list and some buying intent. So, yeah. Very cool. Well, that you could probably do a two hour masterclass on just all that technology and what the why's behind it and everything like that. And, uh, I'm, uh, I've learned a lot from you and I've looked into almost all those things and I can attest that you need all of those things. And, Unfortunately, yeah. um, I'm curious, Apollo data do you validate their data at all or, or are they are they good to go in general so you have to use verified apollo leads but if you do verified you know it's like mm. it used to be a lot worse um they made some okay. changes and now it's like if you have verified apollo data you're basically done like we don't we don't do anything else like we just we pull the lead list from apollo we own we you have to check the box that's like only verified leads and then you're done and then my go-to cool. there from there would be like Scrubby, Scrubby, and then do some other waterfall enrichment. But like Apollo verified and done is good enough 90% of the time. Very cool. Interesting. And um, so, yeah, I've been following Apollo for a while. I'm a customer of theirs and and really appreciate everything they're doing. Um, have you used their sequencers at all? Because I know like syntax, yeah. and you even we, do we, syntax in Apollo? Uh, funny. You, you can't, you, okay. Um, I just met with the product manager and I was like, hey, this is how you should build. I met with the product. They have a really incredible PM in charge of sales engagement, Matt Lincoln. I'm really optimistic. They've got, I don't know, uh, they have good things coming on the dialing front. And I, I think I can say that I talked with them about how I would implement Spintax. It's going to be significantly better. Their Spintax is going to be significantly better. To, and easier to use than um, other tools on the market. So I'm very excited about that. Or you, you don't That's really insane. need spin tax if you have AI personalization, just FYI on that. Got it, totally. Yeah, how do you integrate the AI personalization with Apollo? So here. <laughs> we don't do a ton of that. The current plan is gonna be just CSV imports from Play. 
um, okay. or Magic Reach would probably be one of the, the two go tos. Um, cool. Eventually, the the we we might use Cargo and a direct API integration. They I'm trying to get them to loosen up the API limits, but Apollo's got a pretty limited API out of the box. Unfortunately, they just have they have a lot of rate limits that makes it more painful. So, got it. Hopefully, they change that. Got it. Cool. Super helpful. Yeah, I know we got into the weeds. That's cool. Yeah, oh, yeah. really valuable information. I think in general, the biggest takeaways are obviously determine if you're a right fit to do outbound. Um, I really love that content. Uh, how do you how do you coin that again? Content led outbound or I, I, I'm um, calling it outbound. Demand what was the term generation. used there? Outbound demand generation. Outbound demand generation. That's right. that's what I'm labeling. Very cool. As. Yeah. And whether you're educating folks, um, I, we have a minute or two left. Can you uh, just give me kind of the rundown of intent data. What's your thoughts on intent data? How valuable is it? Um, so and then I triggers, not, if, if those things kind of coincide. I have not personally used it a lot. Um, so okay. I'm, I'm like, from what I have heard from the people I've talked to, um, you're, you're, they're seeing like double digit lifts in close cycle close rate. From a structural perspective, from what I've talked to with Kyle at Brick, Kyle Williams at Brickstack, you like double. So the way I, it's like, okay, intent data, 10 to 40% lift could be really good in enterprise. But if you pick a, the right structural fit, you 2x the close rate. That's what, at least what Kyle Williams said. So for me, I'd rather pick the right structural, just do a really tight lookalike first, and then sure you can layer on buying triggers on top of that. But the buying triggers that are active, you're maybe, that's what I've heard. I have um, Max at Trigify did a really interesting test on that. He saw like a 10, 15% lift. So it's noticeable, it's better. Um, I don't think it's as important as building a good lookalike in my opinion. Got it. And a lookalike is just finding the right list, making sure you're targeting the right ICP to based on your current customer success. What are your A tier best billing customers happiest what customers have? Because usually you will cool. find trends. For instance, um, a lot of SMBs, I've, I've seen this in a couple different companies, your A tier customers, they'll always have, they typically will have a certain number of people in key departments. So for instance, one company we worked with, the, the A tier lookalike was, um, they're using Shopify, they're using Cloudflare CDN, um, they've got at least 10 meta ads in the meta ad library, meta ad pixel, they're using Klaviyo, uh, they've got at least one marketer, at least one person in the ops department. Um, I think that was it. Oh, and they have 90K plus site visits a month. Another guy, site visits didn't matter, but they had to have one marketer, one salesperson. So that's kind of like department head counts and key titles. Like for me, if they don't, if someone doesn't have an account executive, they're a lot worse of a fit. So for me, those are like that. Those are some. No one was really talking about that as a fit thing. S presence of job titles, department headcounts, tech. Get what do your A tier customers have in common, and you can look at that on SalesDown really easily, um, or in Apollo. But the data isn't quite as good as SalesDown. That's what I would look at. Um, and if you can stack those things together, what typically happens is if you if you don't have those roles, it's a lot harder for people to use your tools effectively, right? Um, I gotta go in a minute, but um, yeah. that's 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 to me, no one seems to be talking about, it. I should maybe do some more content on this, but that that's what I would look at, like hmm. department headcount, what titles do they have? What tech do they have? Um, keywords and industries, just go a little deeper and you'll be surprised, has been my experience. Super cool, Scott. Thanks so much for sharing. Thanks for coming on the show, super helpful. How can folks follow you online? 
uh, just go to my LinkedIn, Scott Martinez. I'm pretty sure I'm like the only Scott Martinez in the world. So should be easy. <laughs> Some good marketing there for you. Super cool, yeah. Scott. Thanks again for coming on. Uh, really you. viable information. Um, thanks everyone for listening and we'll see yeah. you next week. See ya.